Hello, everyone, and welcome to Driven for Purpose, a lifestyle podcast designed to bring you tips, tools, and resources to help you discover your purpose, reignite your passion, and fully step into your power. I'm your host, holistic health and mindfulness coach, Amanda Bickham. Thank you, and welcome to the show. All right. All right. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm here to bring on a really special guest, someone who I was inspired by. I kept coming across his articles and one of which was titled, You Can't Be a King Until You Embrace the Feminine. And I feel like there's been so much conversation around the masculine and feminine lately, both in my own work and in other people's work that I wanted to bring this special guest on. Again, this is a conscious conversation. A lot of you know that I've been bringing up the topics of masculine and feminine. And Brian Reeves today is going to be my special guest. He's going to be talking a lot about the feminine energy in relationships. And he is both a life and relationship coach. All right. Brian is on. Hello, Anthony. Welcome. Glad to see you here. Brian is a former United States Air Force captain. He is also, as I mentioned before, a life and relationship coach. He has a very popular blog, which has over 30 million viewers. He's also been on the Oprah Winfrey show, and he currently lives in San Diego, California. Hello, Brian. What's up? Sweet. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm well, Amanda. In order to get the audience familiar with more of you and your work, why don't you give from your own personal experience a little bit about you and how you became a life and relationship coach? I know you you gave me a brief bio on it, but of course, hearing from your own words is always a lot more juicy. Yeah. So I became a life and relationship coach by sucking at relationships for, oh, 20 years or so. Not that I'm masterful at them now. You know, I was born on the East Coast of the U.S., very grounded, earthy, grounded, feet on the ground. Went to university, an engineering school. I was in my fraternity of men, boys, really. I went into the military. I was in the Air Force, as a captain in the Air Force. And so I was in a very kind of masculine and what I will call even in a very shallow masculine frame of the world. And in the military in particular, I went into a lot of shadow masculine experience. And the end result is I came out at 26 years old, completely disconnected from my body, not able to feel really anything, not able to laugh, not able to cry, not able to, you know, a very passionate person, but just my light was out. I remember in the military, I kept feeling like when I was at college, I was, you know, like any young college man, ready to kick ass and conquer the world. But my experience then through my young 20s, and I felt like that fire inside of me had just been dimmed to barely a flickering, like the pilot light was pretty much out. And at 26, I then I got out of the military and I went into the world from that place, tried to do intimate relationship with women. How do you think that went, Amanda? (laughs) I could only imagine. (laughs) It didn't go well. And I even had a master's degree in human relations, like human relations. I had a master's degree in that. And I got that when I was in the military. 
because I really want to understand how humans work and how we relate. And one of my courses was human emotions. And here I was, a man that pretty much could hardly feel them, but I could study them. And I think the topic that we're going to explore today, you can't be king until you embrace feminine energy. As I was reading through it again, because I wrote it almost a year ago, I think, and I and so I forgot what I wrote about, but oh, I love it was such a great reminder to me as well. You know, I look to the movies. There's so many messages that we get in the movies about that are mm. mostly not helpful messages, but they're also stories to teach us how to live when they're done really well and they really serve us. So, you know, that was really been my journey. And I came into relationship coaching still as a man learning how to connect emotionally with my own body. Mm. You know, my partner said something early in our relationship. We've been together for just over three years. And she said something. She's a very deeply connected, emotional woman, which both intrigues and excites and also terrifies me sometimes, you know, because, again, of the messages that we get about what emotions are and how they just get in the way. But she said something to me in our relationship when I was really learning to embrace her and welcome her into my life. And she said, you know, you're never going to embrace my feelings until you learn how to embrace your own. Yes. Yes. Wow. Amazing. So that's my intro. Juicy. I feel your passion. I feel like I was walking (laughs) with you. I'm a very passionate person as well. And when I tell stories, Mm. I really get into Mm. it. And so I really felt your journey. And I truly do feel having worked with multiple men and hosting men's circles, I hear a lot of the men who have been in the military and not just them, but specifically, you know, all that goes of the desensitizing. And on the one hand, in some ways, you kind of have to go through that in order to be faced with some of what you see. But on the other hand, it's everywhere. And I've been talking a lot about the masculine and the feminine. And I actually just did an episode on my podcast on how to be the best lover she's ever had. And one of the things that I shared was you have to get in touch with your own feminine. And which is why I really wanted to bring you on here to talk about it from a man's perspective, because we've been brainwashed by society, by our cultures, by religion, that men need to act a certain way and that showing your emotions and tapping into your feelings is absolutely not masculine. And I think it couldn't be further from the truth because not only does it prevent you from truly accessing and tapping into a part of yourself, which is so incredibly juicy and sacred in every single person, wherever you're at on the gender scale, but also it prevents us if we're not accepting or embracing a part of ourselves, it prevents us from actually loving ourselves fully And then we wonder why we're reaching to these relationships to fulfill us in some way, shape or form. And we don't end up feeling that because we're not feeling it from within. So I'm curious, Brian, in your experience of learning how to connect to and moving beyond these social conditionings, what was that journey like for you? How did you begin to understand that this was necessary and not only understand that, as you mentioned, from a conceptual level, but actually begin to embrace that? from an actual experiential level. Well, you know, the programming runs so deep. And even as I'm sitting here speaking with you, Amanda, there's a part of my brain that is consciously aware that if I come off soft, a lot of people out there, they're not going to respect me. Mm -hmm. If I move my body a certain way, or if I talk with a certain tone of voice that may be more flowy and less rigid and strong, that there are immediately people watching that are going to just write me off as some California cream puff. Take the movies Mission Impossible. I watched the last one. I saw it with my partner. And I haven't followed the whole series, but, you know, they're generally pretty, very entertaining movies. They're well done. 
But one of the things that I noticed in this last one was Tom Cruise, he has a wife, kind of, but he's not able to be with her. He can't be with his wife. He can't have a marriage because he has to choose between saving the world or having a wife. He can't do both. And we all empathize with his dilemma, either have a relationship or accomplish your mission. Have a relationship or cut. And we can't do both because if I have a relationship, then I'm a soft male and I can't you know, really protect the world and be on my mission. But if I'm on my mission, then a woman's just going to get in the way of that. You know, and in the movie, it's represented as though because if he has his marriage and saves, I mean, it's almost literally they speak this like as if they, they all acknowledge he can't be married and save the world. I think they practically say those words. And so many men struggle with that. How do I allow my emotions? How do I, I mean, I'm framing it you know, men experience that in intimate relationship. Again, how do I do my work? How do I stay true to myself and make room for the emotional, always changing experience of this person I will never understand and who's always wanting me to do it differently than I just did it a moment ago <laughs> that she seemed to like then and now she doesn't like and I don't know what the hell she wants from me. It's like, how the hell am I going to do me and be with this person? Mm-hmm. And in our movies, there you go. You know, in the movie that I wrote this story about, King Arthur, I had forgotten this fact. I was just reading the blog before this interview, and I'd forgotten. In that movie, King Arthur, the evil king, in order to build up his power, he murders his wife and his daughter in order to retain power. He murders his wife and his daughter, whom he loves more than anything. But he knows if he's going to stay powerful, he has to murder them. Now... We know that's the evil king, but yet that still is the message we're getting that to be powerful, we have to sacrifice, you know, it's represented as the woman or relationship, but it's the feminine essence, the feminine spirit. So look, I came from the military. I came, I also was in a fraternity at a predominantly male school. Look, the military only does professionally what the rest of culture is already doing by default, Mm -hmm. teaching Mm -hmm. us that emotions just get in the way. There's Mm -hmm. no wisdom in emotions. There's only obstruction of a good outcome. So we're so disowned around our emotional experience. And as men, I'll speak in a heterosexual context. And this is where, you know, choosing women who in most cases unskillfully, but just the same would not let me get away with it would not let me get away with dismissing them their emotionally, their feeling experience, you know, itched over the many years that I did relationship with such women and continues today with my fiance, who's very much a stand for her feelings. Another thing that she said to me that was just a stop me dead in my tracks moment, again, early in our relationship was she was upset about something that in my mind, I knew, oh, you don't need to be upset about that. <laughs> Any man listening out there, ever had that experience, there's no reason to be upset about this. And I'm explaining to her, I'll take, you know, 10 minutes go by and I'm trying to convince her why she shouldn't feel the way that she's feeling. Mm. I'm trying to free her with perspective. And she just basically, after 10 minutes of me just droning on and on about my, all my philosophy and logic and whatever, she just says, you know, Brian, nothing you're saying makes any difference to my feelings. Mm. Like, whoa, well, where do I go? What do I do now? Yeah. And really, in the end, over three years together, what really it ultimately comes down to is that stand is 
yes, it's a stand to be present for her feelings, but more than that, it's a stand to be present for my own feelings, Mm -hmm. my own discomfort, my own inability to just be with the discomfort of being alive, the tragedies of of this life, not wanting to grieve the passing of every moment. So I could just keep going on and on, but I I don't want to monopolize. I love that. You know, what I'm learning from you is how much you're learning from the other. And I think that that's what makes a really successful relationship. And I feel that as there's this rise of the feminine, you know, it's everywhere. We're very aware that the feminine is returning, right, in business and just the way that we're showing up. And I feel like what's happening for a lot of women is we're reconnecting to our divine masculine. We're starting to take a stand. We're starting to be stronger. We're starting to remember that the masculine, too, within all of us, this masculine and this feminine They're both necessary. And what I hear from you in your relationship is that you're learning to dance with one another. You're learning to listen to one another and in learning from each other. And it's not about competition. I think it's so interesting how sometimes in relationship you can be with someone and it's like for some reason, all of a sudden you think that you're against each other. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm on your team, dude. Like, remember last week when you told me that you felt like because you had too many drinks and here I am this week just being a silent reminder of like, are you sure you want to have that drink? I'm not against you. I'm trying to work with you. And I think in relationships so often, because the ego is so fragile in all of us, it can begin to feel as though that we're not on the same team. And what I'm really hearing from you is that you're able to use the opportunity of when your wife says something, not as an attack, but as an opportunity to dive deeper and to open up and to create a reflection. And one thing that I love about what you said is that it's not going to make a difference to my feeling. And, you know, the masculine is about logic, direction, focus, structure, whereas the feminine, it's not a narrow pointed focus. It's about just being in the expansiveness of being, just being present with it. It doesn't need to change it doesn't need to do anything. It Nothing needs to happen. It just is. And in the isness, it is enough. And I feel like that in general, this not enough saying is something that's really common in our collective consciousness. And I feel like oftentimes that comes from the masculine dominated world of needing to do better and perform more and be higher and reach more goals and build bigger skyscrapers. And it's like, whoa, all of that is beautiful and it's great. And also, if we can allow ourselves to just be witness to whatever is, whether it's the emotion or the feeling, and not have to try to create it to be or to mean something, then in that, in and of itself, is some of the juiciness where we can really begin to experience ourselves and also ourselves in relationship with the other. Yeah, one way that I find really helpful to illustrate what you just said, there's there's an evolutionary path along which we humans can grow, it's this three stages model from codependence to interdependence. Mm. You know, I had this epiphany about codependence and why the hell so many of us codependent? Like, what is that? You know, it shocked me in my mid-20s to discover how codependent I was. Even I was just a captain in the world's most powerful air force. And I'm in relationship with this strong woman. I was in France. I married a French woman and I was so codependent. I couldn't believe it. And I had this realization that when we're born as babies, we are literally dependent on a parent or some caretaker for survival. 
you know, for the first five to 10 years of our life, if we aren't fed, cared for, like boundaries don't even make sense at that age. You know, if we were to put up a boundary, you know, say, no, I'm not going to eat my peas. And then mama never fed us our peas because we didn't want to eat our peas. We'd die. You know, she has to shove food down our throats at some point if we refuse to eat. And so we grow up as adults with that same tuning in our nervous system that if I lose you, I'm going to die. If you don't do it the way I need you to, I'm going to die. If you don't mm. approve of me, validate me, love me, touch me, talk to me, set all the ways that I need you to, I'm going to die. It feels like, oh, I'm going to die. And it can look like same. I mean, for a minute, it often shows up. If you're not easier, if you don't just be easier, if you don't stop being so difficult, I want to kill myself. I want to scratch <laughs> my eyeballs out. That's that codependent way of doing relationship that, and again, I'm a man, so I can speak more to a man's experience. And of course, not every man's going to have the same experience, but you know, men tend to be the stand for independence, figure it out for yourself, do it on your own. You fall down and pick yourself back up. I don't want to have to take care of you. Tend to be the stand for that. Now we do it in a very codependent way, because if you don't do it, then I'm pissed off. If you don't take care of yourself, if you're going to be difficult for me, if, oh, I got to solve all your problems. But women tend to be the catalyst for the stage three experience, which is that interdependence. So in stage one, we're totally codependent. And and stage two is really the waking up of my independence, boundaries. Oh, here's where I am in really discovering my wholeness, my masculine and my feminine. Whoa, I have emotions. What the hell are these? Oh, I should cry more. I should, I'm a man. I should go to a yoga retreat and I should feel you know, I should do some therapy, maybe I should, <laughs> or a woman in second stage might, I'm going to start my business. I'm going to create independence. I'm not going to depend on a man for resources. And these are all really healthy evolutions out of that. You know, in the codependence, everything's a threat. You know, you're my mommy. You're either going to love me or leave me. One of the two, it's like, or tell me what to do. And I don't want to be told what to do, you know? So it's so fascinating because we can be very strong and independent in our lives, but get into a relationship and all that old stuff just Right there. Yeah. It's right there. And so much of the work that I do when I'm working with couples is helping steward that evolution out of codependence through independence. And ultimately where people that, you know, everyone's heart yearns to be in that interdependent dance exchange of gifts, mm. relationship as invitation, not obligation mm. is where we're all yearning to live. But that only happens in that third stage when we've learned how to really have strong boundaries and we've learned to source in ourselves both masculine and feminine capacity. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think this has been kind of a topic I was talking with a woman the other day who I'm going to do a Facebook series with. And we were talking about this exact thing, like this codependence versus interdependence. And let's think about it in our evolution. I mean, we can't fault ourselves for this. The most important thing is to bring awareness to it. And then from that awareness, be able to say, okay, in our conscious state, how can we choose to show up in the way that we want to show up instead yeah. of the way that we've been taught to show up, which let's be honest, like from evolution, it was very codependent and it was almost necessary. Like we needed each other when we were in tribes all the way up until even, Absolutely. you know, our parents yeah. age in the war, the times of the first world war, the second world war, the great depression, all of these things, it was very codependent. And where do we learn our relationship styles? We will learn them from our parents. And let's be honest, the majority of our parents, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but 
we had some sort of like relationship issues with our parents always fighting because what did we, what were they taught? Especially like my grandparents, right? My parents age divorce became a thing, but our grandparents and their grandparents, it didn't matter how shitty their relationship was. It didn't matter if your husband was a town drunk, if he abused you, you stuck with him and you pretended that everything was fine and that the house was perfect. And wow, like, Imagine how that scarred our parents when they actually saw what was going on beneath with mom being yeah. beaten and, you know, dad being sleeping with whoever and they still stayed together. And then our parents had to be like, whoa, here I am learning from them about how to be in a relationship. So my self-worth is oftentimes less than what it is. And now here we are that next evolution of, again, like you said, learning the individual and learning the boundaries of the self of what's okay and what's not okay and what's acceptable and how do I communicate my needs and desires so that I'm understood on each side. We have different brains. We have different biological functions. And if we can't communicate, if we can't learn to feel and to tap in and then express that, there's no way we're going to be able to understand a relationship that is balanced and fluid and growing. Absolutely. Yeah. As you're sharing that, it it occurred to me tragically that you couldn't afford to not be codependent for most of Mm -hmm. human history. Violent Mm -hmm. death likely awaited you if you didn't know how to manipulate a man, if you didn't know how to shut up when you felt threatened, etc. I mean, it's really only, you know, the last few hundred years and probably less. And even still today, Largely, women live at risk of being physically, never mind emotionally. I mean, you're hurt emotionally all the time, but physically without that kind of codependent skill of being able to be sneaky and manipulative Mm -hmm. and use your guile to get what you need. It's not a question of bad, bad, bad human. It's a question of this is just where we are in our evolutionary stage. And now is a time, I think, Everything, you know, from the Me Too movement has been a really profound catalyst for men also to take stock of how are we showing up in ways that maybe we don't realize we're having a particular impact. With this whole Me Too movement, I think every man has looked into his past and especially in social media and everything. I think every man has been had that moment of going, geez, you know, God, looking back and reflecting, you know, I, for one, like there have been times where I've been like, thank God I wasn't born with, or maybe it was because I had strong moms or lots of sisters. I don't know. But there's a part of me who's like, thank God. As I look back into my past, whew, look, I still have things to take account for, but dismissing my fiance's feelings is what I'm being called to task for. And it's hard work. No one ever taught me how to do this. No one ever taught me how to be present with a woman's feelings. You know, if anything, again, I got the message that feelings don't matter. Mm-hmm. She once sent me a text message, again, early in our relationship. <laughs> she sent me a text message after we'd had an argument and we got through it. So I thought, and she sent me a text message that said, you know, I just want you to know that your feelings matter to me. And my first thought was, why? My feelings don't even matter to me. Oh my gosh. Why should they matter to you? I don't care if they matter. You know what I mean? I'm a pretty thoughtful sensitive dude. I'm a pretty passionate, alive man. And I'm aware of all these things. And still, you know, I've had a difficult relationship with my father for many years. And that's a source of great sadness and anger for me. And I remember this was maybe even just a year ago or so, because we've been healing a lot of that. 
which is so important for men, whether your father is alive or dead, whether you know him or not, for women too, clearly, but for men especially, you know, to heal that relationship with father, with our male lineage is so profoundly important because if we don't, and when I was really struggling with my dad, it shows up in my relationship with Sylvie. And I remember one time uh, I was driving and Sylvie was with me and I called him on the phone and it was like any conversation we ever had. So disappointing to me, not just feeling the man, the, the father energy that I so crave from him. And I remember, you know, I hung up the phone and we're driving and Sylvie tells me, you know, it's okay if you, you don't want to pull over and just be sad and cry. And again, my first thought is, why would I do that? You know, we got somewhere, I'm driving, we have somewhere to be. I'm on a mission, I'm driving, I ain't got time for emotions. But the problem with that is if I don't have time for emotions, then there's no room in my relationship for my partner. Mm -hmm. Not even for me, not fully me either. And we're all robbed. I use the metaphor of a castle as kind of the masculine structure of our lives. You know, we're all building castles, creating wealth, creating businesses, creating structure, comfort. But if there's no fire in the hearth of a castle, if there's mm-hmm. no life in that castle, what good is it? Mm. It's lonely and desolate. Mm-hmm. And that is that feminine flow, that emotional energy, that emotional weight, you know, that that's messy and without that and all of it, not just the smiley stuff, mm-hmm. but all of it, the sadness without that life is empty and cold and we don't feel anything. And I've been there and it's horrible. It's a horrible place to live. So that's why this matters. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I work with a lot of men who they'll share with me that my relationship with my father was dull. Like when I think about my father, he was that very atypical stoic. Like there was no deep connection. There was no like, how are you doing? How are you feeling, son? Like what's going on in your life? There was this very oftentimes for many men, it was just like father showed up, he paid the bills, he went to work, he came home on time, he had his beer, he watched his TV, he went to bed. But that deeper connection, that really, truly wanting to say, like, are you really here with me? Can I really drop in with you? And this is, I think, common what's coming up, even for some of my female clients as well, is how is your relationship with your parents? It's surface level. There's not really like, yeah, we're good, but there's not a whole lot of depth and understanding and presence. It's like, I can talk to my parents on a very surface level. How are you doing? How's your job? Good. Oh, everything's great. Awesome. Cool. How are you? oh, everything's fine. Just the same. Okay. Thank you. Bye. And it's like, we're all craving this deeper connection of really wanting to show our spirit and our heart and our soul. And from your experience, I mean, as a man with your father and just wanting to heal this relationship, I think it's incredibly important that we do whatever we can. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to change because chances are they won't. And that's okay. We have to accept that, but doing whatever work we need to do to help heal ourselves and whatever kind of baggage we may have been holding on in those relationships. Well, and I'd like to point out that accepting it also means being with the sadness and anger that's present Mm. because you're right. In most of our cases, our parents, they're not going to just suddenly start being the parent we want. You know, I love my father. He's such a good hearted man. And he is never going to be the father that I so crave in my being. He just doesn't know how. Mm -hmm. It wasn't modeled for him. And he's at an age or at least of a mindset where he's 
I don't know. He probably doesn't even know. I mean, and we've had conversations. He just doesn't know how to show up any differently. I can't pretend that that doesn't hurt. feels like a deep injustice. And yet, look, I'm a white man born in the United States. I'm one of the luckiest people, most privileged people on the planet. And it still hurts that Mm. my father, that I don't have the father to show me the way in life, a father that I trust to show me the way. And healing that doesn't mean finally finding another man who will do it. Healing it means two things. As I said, it means learning how to be with my own sadness and my Mm. anger, knowing Mm. that it's never going to be different. Will it'll evolve and change and grow and we can be closer and but I'm never going to trust him and, and look to him in the way that I want to be able to look to an elder man to help me. And the other part, though, is learning how to father myself. Yes. Learning yes, yes, how to yes. discover, claim that wisdom within that is, you know, call it whatever you want. My inner father, my higher self, love, source, God, whatever. I think that's why a lot of us, we turn to a God to be the father that our human fathers can't be. But whatever mm-hmm. that is. I experience it as not just another external guy who's going to disappoint me or who I can disappoint, (laughs) but rather sourcing, you know, that connection to the divine, whatever that means. But that is fathering myself in a way, discovering Mm. that wisdom, that ancient primal wisdom to show me the way that no human man could anyway. And I won't be able to for my son, you know, when Mm. I have a son, God willing, I'll only be able to take him so far and then he's got to find his own way. I love this stuff. It's so fascinating and wonderful to talk about. I love it. I love it. I love passion. And I love when I meet people who I just can get wrapped up in their stories because you can feel that they're coming from a place of feeling. It's coming from being able to access and to be able to, again, like you said, sit with this, like sit with your own feelings and allow it to this space to be felt and allow that to be what captivates people and, helping them reconnect to their own passion and their own feeling and their own fire. Thank you. And for any men watching or women watching who are connected to men that you know that on some level there's resonance here, I'm actually taking men to Ireland in the spring, a group of 10 men on retreat for a week. I'm doing a whole year-long program that's part of it to dive in and do some of this work. We're not supposed to do this alone. I don't just do this by myself. You know, when I try to do this kind of work on my own, I just get angrier. In the world today, it's very easy for men to isolate and to Mm. find pseudo connection through social media, through porn, through work, you know, or sports or fantasy football leagues. But to do this work and to do it with other men, you know, really coming together and bringing our vulnerability in spaces where we feel safe because we're with other men. I mean, and being with men is different than being with women. Creating that space is so, so important. So, you know, I just want to speak that because I don't do this work alone. And if there's any men watching or, or women that are connected to men that, you know, this resonates with, just please drop me a message or something. You're not supposed to do this alone. And this is the most that. important work, I believe any man can do. Yeah, I think it's really, really beautiful to know that it's not about doing it alone. We're changing the story of the lone wolf to the wolf pack, you know, really choosing to remember that in the men's circles that I host, it's like, look, realizing that when we all put our swords down, (laughs) we have this ability to support one another and hold space for one another and be so much stronger with each other, which somewhere along the way, I'm not exactly sure maybe industrial revolution, I'm not sure, but we went from this tribe mentality 
to this individual mentality. And I think the whole conscious collective feels that. I think men and women everywhere feel that. They feel that isolation. They feel that disconnection from each other. And they feel that deep longing to want to be a part of something bigger, which is why I feel like so many more people are waking up. I've been following an old story. Is this my truth? Is this how I want to show up in the world? Is this what my soul is asking for? Is this what makes me come alive? And I think that it all has to come back to this masculine and feminine within us all. There's a part of your your blog that I wanted to speak to. One of the things that he said was the great gift of the feminine, most men and most women, too, fail to grasp. She orients us towards love. When we refuse to embrace her feminine influence in our lives, we orient towards that doesn't matter. Money orgasm and self-inflation talk about that (laughs) i I love that you brought that up that word orientation has become such an important word to me these last few years i really came to this idea of orientation through being so disoriented for so long disoriented around what the hell am i doing here i've always been instinctively just kind of suspicious of the dollar bill as the thing I should be orienting around or the same bagging lots of women, scoring lots of chicks to even be polyamory for the sake of having a harem or whatever. I've always been very suspicious of these kind of measures of orientation. Like that's the measure of a man or being more powerful status, all of that. I've spent a lot of time. And I think a lot of men, when we talk about being disoriented, a lot of men who've made money, I've worked with these men. I'm sure Amanda in your work, you've experienced these men constantly. The men who have success, they have everything they thought they were supposed to want, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Something's missing, and they can't even figure it out because they have everything. And those men usually feel pretty dead inside. Mm -hmm. The feeling is like, I've got a castle, but there ain't no life in it. And that, when I talk about being oriented towards love, you know, I had the experience. Sylvie and I, we broke up six months into our relationship. Um, We've been together set over three years now, and we broke up six months into our relationship. It was a shock to me. You know, we hit a wall. I mean, every relationship, every worthy relationship, you're going to run into your pretty quick. (laughs) And we hit it. We were actually working with a coach who was incredibly irresponsible and unethical, and she did not serve us well. And so our stuff, we weren't really held well. And we broke up at six months. And at this time, look, my blogs were being read by millions of people around the world. I was making more money than I'd ever made as an entrepreneur. At least till the moment she broke up, I had the woman of my dreams. Like everything was working. People were admiring me, sending me messages about my work from all over the world. I mean, it was like I was on top of the world. The day she broke up with me, I was actually giving a speech. I was giving a lecture at a spa conference in Philadelphia at a big conference hall. And I was speaking on uh, how to do business with a mindset of love. That was the topic I was talking about. We spoke at the end of the conference and I'm in these, you know, these conference centers, they have those giant halls, you know, outside. They're huge, you know, expansive cavernous halls. And I had actually had a dream that morning that she was breaking up with me. And when we spoke that evening at five o'clock, I heard in her voice immediately. I hadn't talked to her. I hadn't spoken to her for like four days. She was on a silent retreat. And when, as soon as I got her on the phone, I heard it in her voice. Oh my God, she's breaking up with me. Well, that day, as I sat in that cavern, I felt the absolute emptiness of life. Mm. Without love, what I felt like my heart had gone away in that moment 
it's all symbolic. I mean, it's all metaphorical, but her leaving me in that moment was like, you know, the hearth, the fire in my hearth going out. Mm. And I remember for the next few days, now I've never been suicidal and I wasn't suicidal then, but I remember walking around in the psychological space within which men kill themselves because I have everything, or at least that was my experience, is I have everything I thought I wanted, like this is the world, and I feel nothing. It's pointless. It's utterly meaningless. What's the point? I mean, it was profound and agonizing. That was really reorienting for me, because one of the things that she would say in those first six months that I never understood was, you're like a single man in relationship with me. You act like a single man a lot. And I was like, I don't get that because what are you talking about? I'm on Facebook and like to the world, I'm saying I'm in love with this woman. I mean, everyone knows about you. Like I've told the world about you. What are you talking about? What I realized was I was still living as a one person system. Mm -hmm. And there was just another person who showed up, but I was still very much a one person system. It was all about, you know, me and my choices. And through that breakup, and this is a real challenge that a lot of relationships face is how to go from two one person systems to a we system that mm. encompasses, that embraces those one person systems. It doesn't throw them out, but incorporates them into a third, a new entity, the we system. And that we, the only way that works is if that we is oriented towards love, not yeah. oriented towards my ego or her ego, but oriented towards love because love is what embraces us both. It doesn't dismiss either of us. It encompasses us both. It serves we. It serves the whole. And that is the ultimate orientation that never gets boring, never loses its fire, always keeps us guessing and in the mystery, which is where we want relationships to be. We don't want to resolve the tension of intimacy. What fun would that be? Yet we constantly try to resolve it. So again, here we go. Learning to be with tension, be with discomfort, be embrace that feminine experience. <laughs> so good. So good. I love it. You're such a great storyteller. And of course, this is why your blogs are viewed by millions all over the world. And the relationship work that you do is so powerful. I love everything that you've shared with us so far, Brian. It's been really beautiful, not only to hear your own experience and your own challenges and downfalls and just how you've chosen to step up and to step into that and begin to understand what the root of it all is at the end of the day, which is love and doing things for love and showing up for love, whether it's in your personal life, in your romantic life or in your relationships or in your soul purpose life, which is really, really powerful. And I know that you mentioned that you have your men's program. What other things do you have going on? How else can people who are, I'm sure, inspired by you other than following you on Facebook, but how can they connect with you? And what resources do you have available for people who are wanting to embrace this. Thank you. So the best place to connect with me is through my website, brianreeves.com. And it's Brian with a Y, Brian with a Y, reeves.com. And, you know, my partner, I, Sylvie, we put together a program called the Boundaries Program. Relationships suck without boundaries. That is a great place to begin discovering or continue discovering boundaries and how to navigate out of codependence and into a strong independent foundation for interdependence. But all that's on my website, brianreeves.com. If there's any men, if you want to do 
like really make 2019 a powerful year of just incredible transformation in your professional life, your creative life, your intimate life. I'm taking 10 men for all of 2019. We're going to go to Ireland together for a week-long retreat in a beautiful, gorgeous countryside. We're going to go in West Ireland and be in a beautiful setting in nature to the edge of the world, the known world where men for thousands of years would go to get clarity and be closer to God and to really touch life at a, at a really deep level. We're going to do that next year. If what we've talked about here excites you, come and just go to my website, brianreeves.com and message me through there. I'll give you more details about it. And, you know, Amanda, I appreciate what you're doing too, as a woman hosting men's circles. Sometimes I think a lot of men only feel safe with women at first. Mm-hmm. They don't really trust other men. I think that's one of the challenges for us men is we don't really trust other men. You know, we've cultivated such a competitive show no weakness environment with the mindset with each other so often that a lot of times our bridge into doing deep work is through women who can kind of hold that space for us initially. So I just want to acknowledge that and, you know, an honor that you have a very strong energy, which I know, and you're a woman at the same time. And so I think if for men to step into doing that with you, if that's a first step or an ongoing step or whatever it is, I think that's really important also. I just want to honor and value what you're doing and the conversation that you're leading and inviting people into as well. Mm, thank you. Thank you. So, again, we all need yeah. each other. You know, at the end of the day, I think what we're all trying to do is help our individual selves reconnect with all parts of us are masculine and are feminine and that way we can, you know, come back together. And there's so many different ways that we can do that and support. And there's so many of us who really truly do want that not only for ourselves, but for the world. So I really appreciate you. And I really appreciate you being on here. I really appreciate your passion and just how much life (laughs) you brought to this. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for bringing what you do to the world. Thank you for sitting with your feelings and for being a part of this conversation and the conversation with the Global Conscious Collective and helping us have better, more fulfilling relationships. Thank you, Amanda. Honored to do this with you. All right, you guys. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content, and together we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.